Hello fellow brethren and welcome to the Faith Encounter Service from the Cordes Family Church University City, Philadelphia. The message you're about to hear is a faith-filled message of Pastor Daniel Oposui, a beloved son of Bishop Daniel Mills. Open up your heart, listen with faith, and allow the Word of God to bring positive change and transformation into your life. Happy listening.
If you hear His word in your heart today, do not harden your heart, do not turn away. That's the only way to show how deep is your love, is your love, how deep is your love. He really needs to know that you're willing to surrender all, all of your life to His will and His command. That's the least that you can do. Da, 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 da. How deep is your love? Is your love? How deep is your love? He really needs to know that you're willing to surrender all, all of your life. Do His will and His command. That's the least that you can do. Da, 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 da. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let us pray. And stand to your feet, please. Just share a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. I want you to just thank the Lord this afternoon. Ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and be with us. Ask for God to speak to your heart. Ask, ask, and keep asking. Bible says that when you ask, you shall receive. When you knock, a door will be opened unto you. The door that you knock on is the door that is opened unto you. So this afternoon, I want you to knock on the door and ask God for understanding, for revelation, for wisdom. Pray and ask God that the word of God coming to you this afternoon will touch your heart, will transform your life, and will help you to bear fruit. In the name of Jesus. Pray for one more minute and ask the Holy Spirit for the spirit of revelation. Ask that your eyes will be opened to see wondrous things out of the word of God. Believe God that you can receive insight. You can receive direction. You can receive wisdom through the preaching of the word of God. That can change your life and turn you into something better than you are today. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, Lord. We ask for your presence. We ask, Lord, that you will cleanse us of every iniquity. May we come boldly into your throne room of grace, where we find mercy, where we find grace, where we find forgiveness, where we find peace. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that every burden that is upon us today Anyone that is here under the sound of my voice, Lord, may those beddings be rolled away in the name of Jesus. Father, let peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, may it come upon us, into our spirits, and help us to receive your word without guilt, without fear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seat. But before you take your seat, if you are sitting at the back, you just want to come forward a little bit. Please just move forward a little bit if, if you are in the back. Yeah. Thank you very much.
Quick, why, why do you like sitting at the back? Come and sit here. Come and sit here. Come sit here. Wonderful. Well, it's a blessing that we are in church today. Um, very powerful administration by the choir. I think you should give them a, a clap offering. And I, 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 I want to commend them for the good job that they are doing. God richly bless you. All right. <laughs> they said I don't commend often, so. All right. You are doing great. All right. So, um, before we get into the word, I just want to say something very important that, you see, we are, we are um, as a church, we are trying to move away from um, giving our offerings, like uh, with the bags and envelopes and all these things. We want to do that. We want to give our offerings online and through text to give. So you can come to church and you text your offerings. You can even text your offering before you come to church, you see. Or you can give your offering after church. So, you see, you don't want the excuse. I mean, I'm not saying you are like that, but some people are like that. They will say that, I forgot to bring my money to church, or I forgot my, I left my offering at home, or it's in the car. All those things, by the grace of God and by the wisdom of technology, we do not have those uh, we don't have to deal with those issues anymore. Okay, so you can give your offering by text um, and um, on our website. Okay, so I'm sending, uh, we, we have a link to show you how to, um, how to give by text. You know, it's just, you just register, it's just, you just text, uh, where is it? Mr. Derek. Derek, see if you can project this for me, please. Yeah, okay, you have it there. So you register by texting Lighthouse to 444-999. If you do that, you would get a prompt which would tell you what to do next, okay, by text to give. And then also you can give on that website. But I think the best way to do to give offerings is by text because it's very efficient and it's very quick and easy. Okay, so you just text. If you are here and you don't know how to do it, this is how to do it. Just text the word Lighthouse to 444-999 and you'll get a prompt on what to do next and you'll be able to text your offerings, tithes, whatever you... Even if you are not in church, you can still give. You know, I know people who are not in church, but they still give offerings and send their tithes. It's a blessing, okay? So try and get this. And it also helps us because, you see, we don't want, I also know people who don't give offerings and don't give tithes because they said they don't want people to see what they give. Yeah, it may not be a problem for you, but it may be a problem for somebody, you see. So this also helps to overcome that problem, okay? So try and switch to text, and if you switch to text and online giving. It, it's secure and it's private. Nobody gets to know what you give, when you give, how you give. <laughs> it's just between you and God. At the end of the day, at the end of the year, 
especially if you give by text and online, you get a report, uh, a tax um, deduction report, which is sent securely to your email. You, even, you actually have to log in to be able to access it. So it's very private. You get all your tax deductions and all those things. All right? So I want us to switch to text to give. Everybody should move to text to give. And um, you know, we'll even make the, the treasurers redundant in the church, and we'll find something else for them to do in the church. Amen. Great. Well, it's a blessing uh, to be in church once again. Now, today I want to share something. Last week we were talking about loyalty and disloyalty. Very, very powerful book um, um, that we've been studying on. But today I want to just switch a little bit into something else, and we'll come back to the loyalty series later on. Now, today I want to talk about um, what do you call it? Uh, bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Is it okay? You guys want to sit down? Are you okay in the back? Okay. Very good. <laughs> Turn your Bibles with me to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 8. And we'll read a few verses there. Why don't we start from, um, let's start from verse 6. Verse 6, please. <clears throat> and to knowledge add temperance, and to te five, just go up a little bit, let me see. Go, go up one more. Okay. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, all these things that we just listed, if these things be in you, they shall make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. So the key word Key words here are barrenness and unfruitfulness. You would neither be barren, barren, unable to um, bring forth something, and unfruitful means that you have the capacity, but you are not doing it, or you are not able to do it. Okay, they, are two, they, they mean two different things. In the knowledge, so we are not just talking about maybe being able to give, um, give birth to children, a lot of that. We are, we are talking about not being barring or unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in your ability to know God's will, God's word, what he wants you to do and how he wants you to live your life, if you don't have those things in you, you will not be, you will not be able to know what it takes for you to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Next verse, verse 9. For he that lacketh these things. So these things are the eight or nine things that we read before from verse 5. Why don't you go back to verse 5? I want you to read it again. I want, I want you to see those things again. Giving all diligence. Diligence. Add to your faith virtue. Knowledge. And to virtue, knowledge. Six. And to knowledge, temperance. 
and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So verse 9. So verse 9 says that, but he that lacketh these things, which we just listed, is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So when these things are not in you, you now have three very difficult diseases. Very challenging diseases come upon you. The first disease is blindness, or the first condition is blindness. Everything, you see, when most of us don't understand what it means to be blind. You know, someone said to me once that you, you, the reason when people become disabled, it is, it really, it, 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 when they become, not like if you, if you meet someone who is disabled, like if someone is not, is, is fully able and then becomes disabled, it is very difficult to relate because you, you, most, most of us don't know people before their disability. We know them when they are already disabled. So we cannot relate to what is actually happening to them. And so with blindness, most people cannot imagine what it, it, it means to be blind. Like when you, I mean, it's complete darkness. Total darkness. Like you cannot even, nothing, nothing, nothing. You can't even describe it. I, I'm not even sure how to describe blindness. And the Bible is teaching us that when certain things are far from you or you don't understand them, understand them, you, you have become blind. It's a very serious condition, blindness. You can't see. You can't see. So, you see, when you are blind, you can have something right here. You cannot see it. It, it doesn't matter how great you are. You cannot see. The thing that you want, you cannot see it. What you are supposed to do, you cannot see. You can pray, you can do whatever, but you cannot see. And then the next condition is that you cannot see afar off myopia, short-sightedness. You can see, but you can't see far. So, when, so your life, I mean, you can just imagine if one of the conditions of children is this myopia. Unfortunately, a lot of adults behave like this or behave like children. They can't see far. A child cannot see far. A child, does, a, a, a child needs a parent to help him or her to see and to see far. Yeah, they can't think. If you ask them, you can ask a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a power ranger. Yeah, I want to be a power ranger. <laughs> 
Yeah, because they can't see far off. But the parent thinks about it and realize, without even thinking, the parent will say that, oh, Power Ranger. I mean, <laughs> of all the things that you can think of being, why Power Ranger? You see, but the, the child thinks that if I have power and I have a, a, a Ranger uh, suit or I have one of these action figure, whatever, I'm, I'm set. That's all. So you see, they, they, they cannot see far to realize that this thing, this is not life. It's a movie or it's a cartoon, even worse. They can't see. So short-sightedness is a very, very difficult situation also. It's like blindness is bad enough, but Short-sightedness is, is, I think, is worse. I don't know what you think, but I feel like it's worse because it's like hung, you're hungry, you have food, but you can't eat. Then don't, don't even bring the food near me. You can see, but you can't see. Your eyes are there. Everything is working, but you can't see far. You can't see beyond a year or beyond two years. Or maybe you are running into a ditch and you can't see that there's a ditch there. And you just go straight into the ditch. Boom, and it's over. Yeah. There are some people who cannot get driver's licenses just because of this. They can't see far. So they test you. If you can't see beyond a certain point, you don't get a driver's license because you are a dangerous person. Anybody who has this condition is a dangerous person. You've probably never thought about yourself as a dangerous person. Like you are a moving danger, a moving bomb, dynamite. Like if, if people come around you, you can cause a lot of collateral damage. Yeah, just because you can't see far. And then the third thing is that you and have forgotten forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is the third problem. Forgotten that he hath been purged from his old sins. Yeah. Everybody has old sins. And the blood of Jesus purges us, makes us new, cleanses us. Everybody has been through certain things that they are not so proud about. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Yeah. So when you have forgotten about how your sins were forgiven and you were cleansed and God has brought you into his house and into his, his kingdom and into his, his goodness and his mercy, It is also a very bad thing. You can see, you can even see far, but you have forgotten where you are coming from. Next verse. Sorry, I mean the previous verse. Verse 8. 
verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. Neither be barren or unfruitful. So the, 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 the issue here, or what I want to show you is that what makes people unfruitful or barren are these three conditions. Blindness, um, short-sightedness, and the last one is what? Forgetfulness. Let's say it together. Blindness and forgetfulness. One more time. Amen. Okay, so I want to show you um, how to overcome um, barrenness and unfruitfulness. So we've understood what causes it. Now we want to learn how to overcome it. Amen. Do you want to learn it? Do you think it's something important to know? Yeah, because what's the point of a, of a, of a diagnosis that you cannot overcome? It's like you are condemned. So if we know what the issue is and we know what is causing it, it is also important to know how to overcome it. Yeah. How to overcome it. It's like you go to a doctor and the doctor tells you, oh, you have, um, what? Someone should give me a disease or a sickness. Diabetes. The doctor tells you, you have diabetes. God forbid, nobody here will be diagnosed with diabetes. But assuming someone goes to the hospital, the doctor says, you have diabetes, and tells you that this is what is causing the diabetes. What is the cause of diabetes? I'm sorry? You see, some people have been preparing to answer the question in church. I didn't even finish asking the question. You see, that's what happens when you, start, you study all into the night and you don't sleep and you come to church. You know, the pastor can just ask you, how are you? They say type 1 diabetes. <laughs> so, uh -huh, so what is the cause of the diabetes? The diabetes, oh, whichever one, type 2, 3, 4, whatever. Insulin deficiency. I'm sorry? You don't eat well. Hereditary. Yeah. So, you see, maybe the doctor tells you that this is the condition and this is what is causing it. Maybe you are... Um, your diet is poor, or you, you don't, if you don't exercise, can it cause that? Okay. Or your just bad health habits. But then the doctor tells you that this is it, this is what is causing it, but just continue living your life like that. that that's a bad doctor. 
Yeah, that's a bad, that's a terrible doctor. But if the doctor can tell you what is causing it, the doctor should also tell you how to overcome it. So if the word of God is able to tell us what is making us unfruitful and barren, right? Which I have defined, I've told you already that barrenness and unfruitfulness simply means that you are not able to do what God wants you to do or what God expects you to do. So God has, has given you so much, but you can't produce, you can't give, you, 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 you can't bear fruits. It's like what you have is staying with you. It cannot generate anything. Unfruitfulness. unfruitfulness. You have been given something, but you can't generate anything out of it. Yeah. And barrenness is like you, you cannot bring forth something. You cannot initiate. We actually had a prayer meeting about this a few weeks ago. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't initiate anything. You can't come up with anything. You can't start anything on your own. You know, they are, I mean, you are, you are just there. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Can't do, you can't do much. Just wherever you are, five years, after, you are still at the same spot. Five years. Same spot. That is the barrenness. Same spot. Nobody wants to work in an organization where you are at the same spot for five years. Or you start school, maybe you come to Drexel, and then you, you, when you started in 2014, and we are in 2019, and you are still in your undergrad, I mean, freshman year. You are still there. I mean, meanwhile, it's like you are going to classes every day. <laughs> you are going for classes. You, I mean, September comes, you buy your backpack, new backpack, you know, back to school shopping, everything. You do everything normal. And you go to church, I mean, go to, to school, take notes, everything. But after five years, you are still there. So you are still a freshman. You are welcoming the new freshman. <laughs> Anytime they come, you welcome them. Oh, we've been here for some time. We can show you around. You see? Yeah. It's a pro- I mean, it's a very serious thing. It's a very, it's not a nice thing at all. Yeah. That is why women, is, I mean, women, many women, not all, many women are very, very aggressive when it comes to having children. Because without anybody saying anything, it's like people are thinking about it. They don't say anything. If you go, if you go to a class and the guy has been there for five years as a freshman, I mean, you, don't, you don't ask him any questions. You just, you just, without him saying much, you are thinking something about him. It's like, why? Your first about why? What kind of person? Why, why? Five years, you are still here. Then you start to... Ask yourself how you will not be like him. Yeah. 
So that's what makes barrenness a very serious issue. And, and, you know, pastors everywhere are always praying for people to have children. Because it takes away, when they start to have children, it takes away a certain thought about them. People see them and they can't think that bad thought about them anymore. People start to, because people have negative thoughts. I mean, it may not even be that there's something wrong with the person, but just because you can't see what you want to see, you start to have negative things. Negative thoughts, I mean. So we are overcoming barrenness and unfruitfulness. So the first step as a Christian and how to overcome barrenness and unfruitfulness is or can be found in um, Mark chapter 4 and verse 19. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. You must, so I'm giving you steps. First step, you must and you can overcome you must and you can overcome barrenness by overcoming the cares of this world. I'll say it again. You will overcome barrenness by overcoming or learning to overcome the cares of this world. Look at this verse. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of the other things entering in choke the word and it become unfruitful. So the first thing here that we learn about is the cares of this world. The cares of this world. The cares of this world. You see, Jesus, Jesus was a very wise person. He lived his life as though, um, I mean, not that he knew exactly what life was about. Yeah. He knew that he was all these, he, there was no need to struggle over all these cares of the world. Because he was going to live anyway and live it all. And people, it, you see, when you, when, you, when you fight so much and you struggle and you, your whole life is about getting things in this world, I feel that, you see, especially if you don't have Christ, I feel that when you are gone, your life, you will actually be very miserable if you can see what's going on here. Because strangers and people who don't even like you will be enjoying the things that you are struggling for. Yeah. All the time. See it all the time. But many people don't, they don't think, they can't see afar off. They cannot imagine that they will one day not be on earth. They can't imagine it. Even when they attend funerals of people they know and people who are close or people like them, they still cannot imagine it's like it's too far from me. Yeah, Jesus, you see, Jesus, that's what I'm saying. He was a very smart, he knew, he could sense it. He knew what was going on. He knew that, look, there's so much hatred around me that all these Pharisees and things are plotting against me. I just have a short time. 
I just need to do my work, what God has sent me to do, and do it quickly and do it well, and just exit. Because the people are going to kill me anyway. So, don't be burdened by the cares of this world. Learn to overcome the cares of this world. And live your life with heaven in mind. Christians, let's also live our life with heaven in mind. Let's not just be thinking about getting this, getting that, getting this. It's not, don't, 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 don't sit down and think that I'm telling you to be lazy and not to work. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your energy and your strength and all your cares should not be about just getting earthly possessions at the expense of getting to know God and having a relationship with him. See, there's a difference. I was reading a book yesterday or today or something, and the book was explaining the difference between um, uh, riches. So it's, it's the, the, I think the title was The Four Engines of a, of a Lay Pastor. Four Engines of a Lay Pastor. And one of them was um, The Engine of Flourishing. The engine of flourishing. And he was explaining, Bishop, it's one of Bishop's books, he was explaining that there are people who um, they excel in their chosen career. They excel in their jobs, but they are not flourishing. In other words, they, they, they can get to the top, but they are not, I mean, financially, they are not really blessed. They are not really flourishing. So you can be a, a, a university professor and have all the degrees that you can have, but you are not flourishing. There's, there's, not, there's nothing much about you. You can't even go where you want to go. You can't eat what you want to eat. You can't, if you have to buy something, you, you begin to calculate. But you have all the degrees that you could have. No flourishing. So he was, he was explaining, he said, lot, he said, don't you know a lot of the, the book he was reading, he was saying in the book, that don't you know a lot of doctors who are not rich? Yeah, a lot. There are a lot of doctors who are not rich. A lot of, in fact, when, <laughs> when I came into the country for the first time, several years ago, one, somebody said to me that, look, the richest people here are not doctors. I don't know why that statement has stayed with me for, this, for many years. He said, yeah, he said, the richest people in this country are not doctors. Why was he saying that? He was saying that because I think we we're having a discussion. Somebody was talking about the doctor's salary, and the person was like, oh, he's like some orthopedic surgeon, and he has, he makes hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the guy said, hey, listen, don't, don't let this thing worry you. The richest people in this country are not the doctors. True or not true? True. Maybe you didn't know. I'm telling you. Huh? Who are what? Who are the richest people? See me after church. No, but you know, I mean, you can just list if we say in this country who are the richest people. Not you, top five. You name them. Top five rich people in America that you know. Billionaires. How many of them are doctors? Zero. If we, I'm sure we can even go to a hundred. The hundred richest men in, and women in America. You still won't find a doctor there. Yeah, they're all art students. Yeah. You see, the science students are sharp, they're intelligent, but they don't flourish. 
Yeah. A war is brewing in the, in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Correction. He's a science student. Okay. Science student. Amen. So, so, so you see, I don't even know why I've diverted. You have diverted my message totally. Uh, you have completely diverted. I actually like standing here. You've diverted my message. But that's the point I'm making, that um, give, don't give yourself to the cares of this world and getting things and leaving God to the back and to the end of your life, okay? You see, but also in addition to that, let me just make this point about this very, um, this issue that we are addressing. Let me come down. Now, when we also talk about the cares of this world, we are also talking about normal life activities, okay? Normal life activities. You see, it says that the cares of this world, the cares of this world, you see, there are some normal, very usual cares. For instance, uh, marriage. It's a, it's a normal care. I mean, every young man or young woman wants to get married, wants to have a wife, wants to have a, 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 a husband. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good need and a good care to have. Or children. Or, or because, like I said, when you don't have children, everybody's looking at you and asking questions. When you are not married, everybody's asking questions. How are you surviving? <laughs> yeah. You see? And then, and then, and then um, even how to make money, food to eat, car to drive. You know, this, these are normal activities. But you see, I, I, I want you to understand that these very normal activities have the tendency to choke the word and your ability to be fruitful. You, you may not even be trying to become a billionaire, just trying to do your normal one-two-one-two you know, for survival. Or just trying to just finish school. Just, just basic things. But even the basic things of choking the word and making you unfruitful. So you have to watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it. When you are a student or when you are young, it is the best time to serve God and to give your best. It is. It really is. Because as you get older, the, the chokers of the word and the cares of this world increase. Increase. It just keeps increasing and increasing. You say, then you have a husband. A very, very, very... Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> But, but, but you see, you see, what I'm trying to say is that 
it is, it, it is having, you, you, might want to, you might say that, oh, you want to marry and all of that, but it is a very difficult thing. I mean, it, it's, you, have, you have taken somebody from his mother and you are now saying that you are caring for him, a grown-up man with a belly. You see, so it's not easy. So you have that. Then you have children. And before you realize, you are even a grandmother. So now your cares have increased from your own life your husband, your children, now your grandchildren. And then life is ending. It's getting to an end. So, at any point in your life, especially at the beginning stages of your life, you need to give your best and you need to do a lot. Because the chokers of the word just keep increasing and increasing and increasing. Hallelujah. Maybe you have one child, then you want to add a second child, and before you realize you have a third child, and before you know it, fourth child. And you are totally choked. Yeah. You say, maybe you like sports cars, two-seater cars. Now, before you realize, you have to buy a, a, a soccer van, minivan. Soccer mom van, sorry. Soccer mom van. Yeah. Yeah. See, maybe you like German cars. Two-seater German cars. Before you realize, you have to switch and get some Ford Explorer or something. Can pack all of them inside. Hallelujah. Number two, in order to bear fruit, you must overcome the lust and the pleasures of this life. The lust and the pleasures of this life. Let me move on. You have said enough about it. Number four, or number three, you must overcome the deceitfulness of riches in order to bear fruit. Deceitfulness of riches. Riches have a way of deceiving us, all of us. I want to show you something. Look at Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5. Proverbs 23, verse 5. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly... This scripture is about riches. It says that Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. So when we talk about deceitfulness of riches, riches it, 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 this is the explanation. It is saying that why commit yourself to something that can get wings and fly away. Can just fly away. Fly away. Last week I was reading said um, the uh, what do you call it? Um, Dow Jones. Is it Dow? No, the other one. One of them. Fell by point something percent. And then somebody, by falling by point something percent, somebody lost two billion dollars in a day. Because somebody too was sitting in his office and just tweeting. 
you know, somebody was just tweeting in his office, this, I command you to do this, 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 certain things. And then somebody too was sitting somewhere totally unrelated. He wasn't even checking his phone to read certain tweets. Before he knew it, $2 billion had just found wings and they had flown away. Change the version and let's see if there's something else we can learn from this. Overcoming deceitfulness of riches is one of the ways to be fruitful. Why? Because you do not put for riches can disappear as though they had the wings of a bird. Wow. You can, be, you can be very rich and then you are very poor. So you don't put your trust in the riches. You put your trust in God. Because the riches can develop wings and fly away. Can develop wings and fly away. Don't put your trust in it. When you have it, praise God. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with this. But your trust and your hope should not be in your bank account. And then every day you go and spy it, see how much is in there. And then you are adding to it, small, 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 small. small. Every day, it's only poor people who keep checking their bank account all the time. Yeah. Rich people don't check their bank account all the time. In fact, rich people don't carry money. A very rich person, you won't find cash on him at any time. You'll be wearing a T-shirt, a gray T-shirt. <laughs> you know somebody who wears a gray T-shirt all the time? Always wearing a gray T-shirt. T-shirt, $5 T-shirt. He said, he, he said in his, I mean, an interview, he said that he wears the same T-shirt every day because he doesn't want to waste time trying to determine what to wear. So he has about $5 t-shirts. He buys plenty, and they are all one color. Because if there are multiple colors, then he has to think, should I wear red, green, blue, yellow? You see the wisdom? Yeah. And he has about $30, $40 billion or more. You may not have thousands but your closet, when you stand in it and then you are looking green, purple, then you have to think back six weeks to what you wore. It's like, I wore this thing last week, two weeks. This, this. Meanwhile, when you wear it, nobody even sees. Yeah. So don't put your trust in riches. These rich, so-called rich people, you see, they are not even Christians, but they even have, sometimes it's as though they have more wisdom than us. Who call ourselves Christians? Yeah. You see some of these guys, they, 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 they've decided that they are going to give almost 90% of their wealth away while they are alive. I read a book recently, in the book, not recently, a while ago. The book says that the wisest people are the ones who give their wealth away, right, while they are alive. That's the highest wisdom, to give it away while you are still alive. Not when you are dead. Not to amass cash or whatever. And then when you are dead, it's like people have to now fight to write. Did he write a will? Did he not write a will? What is in the will? Who are the... There's a movie you have to watch. It's called Chief Daddy. Have you seen that movie? It's a, it's a must watch. I recommend it to you. Yeah, watch it. Yeah. 
That's how life is. It becomes very scrambled. What's the time? Yeah. So don't put your trust in riches that can develop wings and fly away. Can fly away. Can fly away. Rather, put your trust in God. Believe God. You see, even if you're a businessman or you are a uh, whatever career you have, let your trust be in God. Believe that God can help you. God can prosper you. God can take away the things in your life that will end up causing your wealth to fly away. Because those are the things you don't have control over. You don't. Number four. Overcome distractions in order to be fruitful or don't allow distractions to make you unfruitful. Mark chapter 16 verse 15, Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, this is one of the clearest instructions that Jesus Christ gave us. See, there's no other organization or institution in the world that is charged with the mandate of preaching the gospel to every creature. It's only the church. Only the church, not the government, not the Senate, not, any, not all these people, nobody has been given the, the, the mandate to preach the gospel. So when the church doesn't preach the gospel and does other things, we have actually become distracted. And we cannot be fruitful. So if you're a Christian, understand it. You see, the Bible says that go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And then you ask yourself, am I a Christian? Do I listen to God's word? What did Jesus say? And what is he saying to me? He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So you can pray. You can give money. You can do all these things. It's great. It's nice. But you are still distracted because the Bible says that go ye and preach the gospel. And that's what I want. You don't want to do it. That's a distraction. It's a distraction. When you are in school, when you're in school, one of the things that you find out is that there are, a lot of, there are some people who are very, very committed to extracurricular activities. They are very good at it. They can even, maybe even athletics. You know, very, very good, very committed. And they usually are the very popular guys in school or girls. But unfortunately, not many of them actually do very well in their academic work. You see, you are in school not to be an athlete. You are in school to study. Yeah, you are, no, no, understand it. If you can, you, you, school is not for athletics. It's not for sports and all these other things. You see, when you are in school, you must study hard and you must do well. That's why you were in school. That's what, that's what the school is supposed to do. But that's, that's why you were sent to school. Yeah, it's like you have a job, a new job. You get into the job. Maybe, I, I don't know, what kind of job? Tell me. 
Maybe you are an actual scientist. <laughs> then you get your job as an actuary, right? And instead of doing your job as an actuary, you are now doing uh, what? Sports analysis. Maybe you are, you, are, you are a sports analyst on the side. It's like my side hustle is sport analysis. Side hustle. <laughs> I mean, you are jeopardizing your, your, this, your life, the success of the reason why you are, you are there. You are jeopardizing that thing. Because you were not hired as a actuary to be a sports analyst. That's not your job. It's not your job. So we must stay focused and not be distracted. See, as a church, we must stay focused. We must, be, we must understand why we are here. We must understand it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, 1558, 1 Corinthians. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Not sometimes, always. Look at it. Always abounding. Be ye steadfast. Steadfast means fixed, focused, not distracted, unmovable. Always abounding. Not sometimes. Not sometimes. I want to emphasize that. Not sometimes. I'm in church sometimes. I work for God sometimes. I do church stuff sometimes. I give offerings sometimes. I give tithe sometimes. I, I, I help with evangelism sometimes. No. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then it adds a blessing. As ye know that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. Amen. Last one. Last but one. You must overcome immaturity if you want to bear fruit. Uh, 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 um. Okay, let's read the scripture. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. First Corinthians 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake. As a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. If you are going to bear fruit and be a real Christian, you see, many Christians are just shallow Christians. Unfortunately, that is the truth. Many Christians, and, and, and it's not even the fault of the Christians, of the Christians, it's the fault of the churches. Many churches allow Christians to be shallow Christians and not do much. So many people stay in church and pastors and bishops and whatever are happy with people coming to church and doing nothing. As long as they come to church, it's okay. Give a little offering, it's fine. It's not okay. It is not okay. You must not be a shallow Christian. You must be a deeply rooted Christian who is always abounding in the work of the Lord. 
That should, well, that should be your, 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 your life. There must be work of the Lord that you are doing. All the time, you must be work. If you say you're a businessman and you don't have any work to do, there are some businessmen who say, oh, I'm going to China, I'm going to China. They're always going to China. You don't know what they're selling. Yeah, a certain country with a certain, with a letter that begins with G. You have all kinds of businessmen, tycoons, they call themselves, they're going to China. They're going to China. Meanwhile, you don't see what, what kind of business are you doing? What is your business? What are you selling? What are you, what are you, what is your product? We don't know. So as a Christian, you must have a certain commodity. There must be something about you. There must be something that you are doing. There must be some work of the Lord which you are abounding in. Abounding. It must, it must be there. Plenty. Yeah. Christians, we have singers who don't sing. They are there. Yeah. We have rich people who don't give. They are there. More. Oh, oh that one there. More. More. People who can give, they don't give. Always calculating. Always calculating. Always calculating. Always calculating. You go to ShopRite, say, hey, I saw this thing here, 20 cents cheaper at uh, uh, Lidl, Lidl. Then you leave the shop and you are going, you left shop because of 30 cents. <laughs> you leave the shop and you go to fresh grocer, whatever, because of 30 cents. Yeah. Always calculating. Always calculating. Give them before you see you you have a spreadsheet in your mind. You've calculated everything. It's like my I give ten or thirty-five dollars every month. I will not exceed it. Preach all you can. I will not exceed my thirty-five dollar threshold. Maybe on your birthday, then you add five. Make it forty dollars, and you say, Lord. Receive thy blessing. Anyway, so overcoming maturity will help you to bear fruit. Because it says that when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought my thinking was childish thoughts. I was thinking childish thoughts. So I was telling you about the children. They are thinking childish thoughts when they start to think about becoming power rangers. Oh, I want to be a policeman. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being a policeman. But why police? Because, you see, they, they want to be policemen because they see that, oh, it seems like the policemen have a certain kind of power. It's like they can stop. When a policeman comes and stops you like that, so yesterday I was driving, I was, in, I was in New York and I was driving, and then I, 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 I was, um, there was a long, there was an exit. I was trying to get the exit to the airport, but there was a very long line, and I'd been in the traffic for 30 minutes. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just cut across all these people because the flight, we are going to miss this flight. So I cut across for almost, it was a mile to the exit, you see. So I cut across, I mean, onto the other side, and I went all the way, like 0.2 miles to the exit, then I just jumped in, and I was cool. So when I got to the exit, I saw the policeman. He had parked his car right at the exit. <laughs> you know, 
And then he got out of the car and was just standing there like that. You see, I entered 0.2 miles, so he didn't see me. But he was standing there. I mean, he didn't say anything. No, just standing there. And I realized that nobody could enter. Just, just the fact that the man is standing there like that. No gun, no shooting, no sirens. That he was just standing there. And the people who tried to enter after I did, when they get close, they don't say anything. They just continue. <laughs> they just, and when you go that route, it's another 30 minutes. I felt so bad for them. Yeah, another 30 minutes. You just, so he was just standing there quietly. You see? So childish thoughts make people think that, oh, they, they, I mean, to, when you're a policeman, it's like, hey, you have the power. Yeah, because of what they've seen. But you and I, when you get a little bit of understanding, you say, no, you don't want to be a policeman. So to be a mature Christian means that you will change the way you think. I put away childish things. Go, no, um, I, I, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Which things? The thoughts, the, the, the understanding, and the speaking, how to talk. You put those childish things away. You put it away. You don't talk like a child anymore. Yeah. You don't think like a child anymore. You don't understand things like you must have a certain understanding of what, what God does God want me to do. I mean, is the church just there to collect people's money? No. That's childish thinking. At some point, you have to grow up and realize that, you see, how much are you giving anyway? And when you give, how does it really affect your life? Does it, does it change your life that much when you give a little money? Does it? Next verse. I, I wanted you to change the version for this one so that we'll see something. Then we'll go, well, it's 2.15. All right, let's... Um, Yeah, it's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. So finally, number, uh, number six, the last point, you must overcome the tendency to be unstable if you want to bear fruit. Any bearing, any tree that has to bear fruit or wants to bear fruit must stay grounded for a long time. You must, stay, you must be stable. If it's the church that you are in, you must be in the church. Yeah. If you want to bear fruit, if it's in a relationship that you are in, you must be in the relationship. You can't keep jumping. Yeah. If you want to, if, if you want to flourish in a particular career or in a particular job, you have to stay in the job. Yeah. Or if you're a businessman, you must keep at it. Whatever you are doing, you must keep at it for some time. That things don't just work overnight. It takes time. So you must be stable. You must be grounded. John chapter 15 verse 4. John chapter 15 verse 4. Quickly. Let's end with that. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. King James Version please. 
abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, we are talking about bearing fruit. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You cannot be a fruit-bearing Christian on your own. You have to be part of a tree. Except it abide in the vine, which is the tree, no more can ye except ye abide in me. If you don't abide in God, you cannot bear fruit of God. Yeah. You cannot. So, the, the summary is this, that if you are going to be a real food-bearing Christian, you must learn to abide. Now, um, Psalm 92 verse 13, let's close with that. Psalm 92 verse 13 and verse 14. Psalm, book of Psalms, chapter 19, chapter 92 and verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord be planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God. When you are planted in the house, not when you are a surface browser, surface browsing, you don't go deep. You are not planted. It is difficult for you to flourish. The people who flourish and appear to be doing well are people who have been planted and are stable. Verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. Amen. It's not talking about putting on weight on your... It says be fat and flourishing in your old age, and bring forth fruit. It takes stability, abiding, and staying and keeping at it for some time for you to see this type of flourishing. Why don't you stand to your feet and let us pray? Yeah. So I want you to just close your eyes and talk to God right now. Talk to God right now and just ask him to help you to be a fruit-bearing Christian. Speak to the Lord right now and ask and say, Lord Jesus, help me. I don't want to be a, 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 a Christian who doesn't bring forth fruit. Christian who is not stable. Christian that hasn't developed deep roots. I want to be flourishing for a long time in your courts. So Father, help me. If there's something that I cannot see, if I'm developing some blindness or if I'm developing some short-sightedness or some forgetfulness, Lord, help me. Bring to my remembrance how you have delivered me, how you have, you have caused me to, to, to overcome my old life. Help me forge, help me forge ahead. Help me, Lord. 
pray. I don't hear you praying. I want you to pray for just praying for five minutes, few minutes. And ask God to help you. He's willing, He's ready to help us. Make us into who He wants us to be. Strong, stable, child, fruit bearing Christian. That should be your prayer this afternoon. Maybe you have done a bit, but you need to take it to another level. Maybe you have tried a little bit. Now you need to do a little bit more. God is asking you for a little bit more. Can you do just a little bit more? He's asking. He's asking of you. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to be just the way it has always been? Or you can push yourself a little bit more. Pray and ask for the grace of God to help you, to push you, to drive you. In Jesus' name. Maybe you are here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite you. I want to give you the chance to get to know Jesus. If you are here like that, you want to lift up your hand and say, Lord, I want to surrender my heart to you. I want to give my life to you. I want to become a child of God from today. Pastor, pray with me. If there's anyone like that here, just lift up your hands very quickly as we do this. Anybody? pray. Okay, let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you for today. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. From today, I belong to Jesus and I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Let's have a communion very quickly, please. Father, we thank you for this blessing, Lord. Cleanse us and wash us. Make us whole again. May your mercy and your forgiveness be our portion. Father, anything and any iniquity in our lives, Lord, may you wash it and take it away. May we come before your table with boldness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. body of Jesus say, 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 say it with a little bit of boldness and a little bit of confidence say this is the body of Jesus say one more time this is the body of Jesus 
it take the cup the cup is the blood of Jesus and it represents your forgiveness it represents power it represents cleansing it represents washing what this blood can do for you there's nothing else there's no cleaning agent cleansing agent that can do what this can do for you so I want you to be very serious about it it's a very spiritual activity Jesus Christ actually commanded that we do this as often as often in remembrance of him so anytime we do this we are remembering Jesus remembering the sacrifice remembering the power that is released unto us go ye into all the world and preach the gospel how are you going to do that without power this is where the power is this is what connects us to God and connects us to power. If you are not connected to power, you cannot have power. All power comes from a connection. So this is your connection to the power of God. Why don't you lift up your cup and say, the blood of Jesus Christ. Say it one more time, the blood of Jesus Christ. Say it again, the blood of of Jesus Christ drink it let me pray with you father we thank you for your body we thank you for your blood thank you for the power that is released today into our lives may we go forth into this world and abound in the work of the Lord always always abounding always abounding give us that power lord in jesus name amen i gotta have you i gotta have you i gotta have you thank you for listening to this message we pray that your life has been transformed by the power of the word of god if you would like us to pray with you or would like to worship with us please contact us at the Codes family church university city philadelphia or call 267 809-5530. Thank you and God richly bless you.